Turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 31. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 31. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Paul explains a puzzle in the book of Galatians. A puzzle that had the early Christians stumped. Somehow they were missing a piece of, of a puzzle in their lives. And it will help us to understand the reading today, what we've read here in Galatians chapter 4, by seeing all the pieces put together. I love the way the Bible is so interconnected. Uh, no, we are not under the Old Testament anymore. We're not under the old law anymore. But we can't really understand a passage like Galatians chapter 4 and verse 31 without looking at the whole Bible, without looking at, at the whole Scriptures. We've got to understand what's happening in the Old Testament to understand what's happening here in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 31. So to do... So today, we've got to go to the story of Abraham. So I've kind of put these pieces together for us this, this morning. All right? And we're going to look at these various pieces of the puzzle so that we can understand what, what, what's really being talked about by Paul here in Galatians. Abraham in the Old Testament... Uh, is where we'll go in Genesis chapter 16. If you want to keep your finger in Genesis chapter 4, go ahead and turn back to Genesis chapter 16. We're going to discuss here two women in Abraham's life, two women and, and two sons that Abraham had by these women. In Genesis chapter 16, after the promise to Abraham by God that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars, the impatience of Abraham's wife, or Abram's wife. He was known by Abram at that time. The impatience of Abram's wife came to a head and she could have no children. Sarai was her name and she could have no children. Sarai had an Egyptian maidservant, no doubt procured when Abraham or Abram and Lot and their families went and sojourned in Egypt. The maidservant's name was Hagar. And Sarah says to Abram in Genesis chapter 16 verse 2, See now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Go into my maid and maybe you will obtain a child by her. Verse 3, Sarah took Hagar, her maid, and gave her to Abram as a wife. So now Abram has two wives. This was not, there was not a law against this at this time. God did not intend this to be the way of things, as Jesus explains in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 8. But in Abram's day, God winked at ignorance that he does not tolerate today. Acts chapter 17 and, and verse 30. Abram lay with Hagar and she became pregnant. And when she did, she really thought she was better than Sarah. She thought she was a better woman than Sarah because she was with child and Sarah was not. Sarah understood this and she couldn't take it. She couldn't take this slander 
and, 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 and terrible way that Hagar was treating her. And she appealed to Abram who said, well, she's your maid. And tried to get out of it as quickly and as easily as possible. In verse 6, and when Sarai dealt harshly with Hagar, Hagar fled from her presence. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water and told her to go back to Sarah, that, that Hagar's son would be named Ishmael, that he would be a, a great nation. So verse 16, when Abram was 86 years old, Hagar had his son. and He named him Ishmael. Verse 12, he was going to be a wild man, it says. He was going to be a wild man. His hand was going to be against every man, and every man's hand was going to be against him. Understand this. Just like God can use examples you may not have thought of, God can use even mistakes for His purpose. I'm not saying make it your mission to mess up in life. But if you're not making mistakes, you're really not doing anything, are you? Fast forward 13 years. A lot has happened. God made a covenant with Abraham. His name is Abraham now. And in that year, God included Abraham in his plans Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed even after the bargaining of Abram with, with, with God for the lives of, of the people of the plain and with his own kinfolk lot. After the destruction, Abraham moves south. And again, Sarah poses as his sister. And she must have been a, a beautiful old woman. Uh, a good looking old woman because King Abimelech takes Sarah as a wife. But he stopped. And he's forgiven by God from sealing the deal of the marriage. God can use anyone, even his own unfaithful children, for his purpose. The child of promise was not to be Abimelech's. The child of promise was to be Abram, Abraham's. That's who God made the covenant with. Abraham and Sarah. Like God had promised in Genesis chapter 1, if you want to go ahead and turn there, Genesis chapter 1, the Lord visited Sarah, and she and Abraham had a son. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. After eight days, Isaac was circumcised. And when he was weaned, they threw a party. Now, studies say that American children are weaned early, at most by 18 months sometimes even later, but we can at least assume that Isaac was a baby, a toddler, if you will. We might call him a toddler. And Ishmael was a middle teenager, 15, 16 years old at this time. And remember, way back, Hagar, she despised Sarah when she found out she was pregnant with, with Ishmael. In, in Genesis chapter 16, and remember the prophecy about Ishmael, that his hand would be against everyone and everyone's hand would be against Ishmael. And this party, at this party for Isaac, if you look at chapter 21, Genesis chapter 21, verse 9, at this party for Isaac, verse 9, Sarah saw 
Notice, she saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, scoffing. Some versions say mocking. Some versions say making fun of Isaac. Some say laughing at Isaac. The word at its very least could mean playing with Isaac. And at its most vulgar, the original word could mean molesting Isaac. Either way, whatever... We don't know exactly what Ishmael did to Isaac. Paul says in our Galatians passage, in Galatians chapter 4 verse 29, that Isaac was being persecuted by Ishmael. His hand was against the baby. Either way, Mama Sarah saw it. And she didn't like what she saw. Don't get between a mama and her baby, right? Sarah wanted Hagar out. And she wanted Ishmael out with him, with her. Abraham was displeased if you look at verse 11 of chapter 21. But he did what Sarah wanted. He gave Hagar some bread. He gave her a skin of water. Experts say this skin of water would have lasted her in the desert, just her and her son, just a couple of days. It wouldn't have lasted very long. She and her teenage son are dying when she finally lays Ishmael under a shade tree and goes off a little ways so that she does not have to watch him die. And God hears, it says in verse 17, God heard the voice of the lad. God can use even unrighteousness. God can use even the persecution of others for his purpose. Because the boy and his mother are, are saved. And Ishmael does become the father of, of the Ishmaelites. Ishmael was not the son of promise. Even though Sarah was harsh, she played directly into God's plan. Isaac would later beget Jacob, Israel, that's his name as well, who would have the children of Israel... And they would led, be led into Egyptian bondage uh, and, and then be led out of Egyptian bondage by Moses. And in Exodus chapter 19 and 20, Moses is going to go up on Mount Sinai and he's going to receive God's laws. Some, the Ten Commandments were actually written with God's own finger. The law of God, the law of Moses are the same thing. And when Paul writes the book of Galatians, if you want to go ahead and turn there, when Paul writes the book of Galatians, all that we've talked about, all that we've just talked about, when Paul wrote the book of Galatians was in the past. And Paul is using the past of the Jews to help the Christians in Galatia understand what they were supposed to be doing. God can use our past for his purpose. As you turn to Galatians, Paul is combating the false teachers who are trying to pull the early Christians back into Judaism is what they're trying to do. God can even use false teaching for his purpose. God can do anything. Even today, people think they're under the Old Testament law, including the Ten Commandments. And verse 21, if you desire to be under the law today, do you, 
do you not hear the law? And Genesis is a book of the law. Abraham, it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 22, had two sons. That's what we've just been reading about, right? One by a bondwoman, which we know her name was Hagar. One by a free woman, we know her name was Sarah, because we've just read those stories. We just understand, we understand the fullness of God's word now, you see. Verse 23, Abraham and Hagar had a baby. Abraham, Sarah, and God had a baby. These two sons are symbolic of the two covenants. Hagar represents, it says, Mount Sinai. From here, the Old Testament law, including the Ten Commandments, came, verse 25, and this corresponds, writes Paul, to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children, but Jerusalem above is free, the mother of us all. One child, Ishmael, was the child of bondage. But verse 28 of Galatians 4, but as we as Christians, like Isaac, we are children of the promise. We are children of the promise. We're like Isaac. Father Abraham had many sons. How many sons had Father Abraham? I am one of them and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right arm. You remember the song? Father Abraham had many sons. Why am I the, father? Why am I the son of, of Abraham? How could I march and sing that song with gusto? He had many sons, and I am one of them. And so are you. How? If you're a Christian, you are. Because it says in Galatians, chapter 3, verse 27, I put Christ on in baptism. And verse 29, I am Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise. We must not go back into false teaching. Christians, we must not go back into false living Christians. We must not go back into an environment of the world. Verse 30, we must cast out the bondwoman and the son. We just read that. We understand what that means. We've got to cast out our Hagars and our Ishmaels. We've got to get them out of our lives. Verse 31, for we are children of the free woman. Chapter 5, verse 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. If you do, verse 4, if you try to keep the law, even part of the law, you'll have to keep all of the law, even the Ten Commandments, and you will be estranged from Christ. One version says you'll be cut off from Christ. Another version says you'll be alienated from Christ. You'll be severed from Christ. You will have fallen from grace. You will have no hope. God can use our mistakes. God can use our unrighteousness. God can use our past. God can use false teachings all for His purpose. But God will let us fall if that's what we want. But Galatians 5 verse 5, we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Why? Because verse 6, in Christ the law can do nothing. But faith working through love fulfills the law. Jesus gave us 
He gives us the missing piece. He gives us the missing piece. That piece we've been looking for. He is the, that missing piece of our puzzle. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. The author and finisher of our faith. Don't you want, don't, don't you want to put that missing piece in your life? Don't you want to put Jesus in your life? He's that, he's that missing piece. He's what you've been looking for. He's what you've been hoping for. He's what you've been dreaming of. He can save you. And that's what's missing, isn't it? Be honest. You really don't know whether you're saved or not. God can add you to the church today. God can save you today. How? Repent and be baptized. If you're already a Christian, repent. Come right now. It's together.